This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Since the 1920s, pastors and churches have been using media and technology to broadcast both their church services and their sermons all across America, and not even just America, but all over the world. In the 1920s, it was radio. In the 1950s, it was TV broadcast as well as televised services. And now churches, both large and small, are able to live stream their messages, church sermons, church services, devotional content. (laughs) Hey, let's just be honest. Any other content that you want to get out to audiences and people who follow you on social media all across the world for completely free. You know, that is if you have a, you know, a smartphone and some sort of decent internet connection. But either way, the cost of live streaming someone's sermons or messages has the prices dropped exponentially in the last, um, I would say in this last little bit, whereas as technology improves, sometimes the cost of it goes down. And since COVID, since 2020, you as a small church may have found yourself starting to live stream your church services so that you can continue to pour into the lives of your church members because maybe you had to cancel services, maybe you've had a lot of members affected by COVID, or you just thought, hey, this is a great way and a great opportunity for us to get our church out there and have our church sermons broadcasted all over the area because you never know who in your community is watching or listening. Well, today on the Small Church Media Podcast, we're going to be talking about how to instantly improve your church's live stream so that your sermons can have a greater impact, hopefully have a greater reach, and therefore you can see some more fruit of your labor. But before we even jump into the episode, I first want to say welcome back. It has been fun hanging out with you guys every single week. I know a lot of you guys have been with me either since the beginning or pretty early on. So if you are coming back week after week after week, first, I just want to say thank you. Welcome back. And if you could do me a huge favor, if you listen on Spotify, you are now able to give ratings to podcast. So if you listen on Spotify, I would love for you to leave me a rating there. But if you listen to me on Apple Podcasts, I would love for you to leave both a rating and a review. And the reason why is because it actually helps get this content pushed more, um, pushed more, pushed higher up in the feeds. So when people are searching for content to help their small church Spotify and Apple Podcasts is more likely to get these episodes into the ears of pastors and small churches who need to hear it. But if this is your first time ever joining us on the Small Church Media Podcast, I just want to say welcome, and I'm glad you come along for the ride. So before you invest money into a better live stream setup, you first need to ask the question of, should we even be live streaming our church services? And why are we live streaming our church services? Because here's the deal. If you're simply just live streaming your church service because you're like, oh, this is what we're supposed to do. I mean, this is what everybody does. It's really easy to do it. Let's just put a phone up and go. But you're not actually the question of should you be doing it and why are you doing it in the first place? You actually may be giving yourself more of a headache than if you would just carry on like normal. And just because everyone is doing live stream does not mean that your church should be live streaming its services. Here's some quick thoughts before we jump into today's conversation of how to improve our church's live stream setup. So here's just some quick thoughts that I have about live stream, all right? So what is live streaming good for? 
You know, there's many, 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 many pros to live streaming your church services, including it lets people have a live look in into your church worship service so that they know what to expect before they even walk in. If someone is curious at all, all about your church, they're first going to Google you or they're going to search for you on Facebook and they want to see what is the pastor wearing? What are the church people wearing? What type of worship do they have? How good of a communicator is this pastor? And if you can live stream your services, it gives people a live look into what they can expect when they step foot inside of your church. Another good pro that live streaming does is, you know, it lets shut-ins and people who have to stay home due to COVID or other sicknesses or kids were just born or kids are sick or traveling or vacation, but 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 no matter what either a, you know, a good reason for people missing church or let's just be honest, an excuse that people make, it lets you reach those people. In fact, for our church worship service, we actually have people that have moved out of our area and then due to COVID, they had to go in a complete lockdown because of their age or they're in some sort of retirement community or they're honestly, they're just, they're they're at, at the home. So they need a way to actually join in for church and they're able to join us from all over the country because they are still a part of our church family. And maybe that's the same for you where you have a lot of shut-ins or people who are stuck at home due to COVID, whether they have it or fear of getting or trying to protect themselves, it lets those people continue to worship with your church family. And another great pro is it allows you now to have a video archive online of previous sermons and worship services. So if someone misses a sermon, they can go back and watch it. Or if they want to check out what the church is going on, they don't need to necessarily do it live, but since it's posted live, it's now stored so people can, can go back and actually tune in. There's a lot of great pros for live streaming, and this is why, honestly, most people and most churches do live streaming uh, live stream services, but a lot of people don't necessarily think of the cons when it comes to live streaming, except maybe the cost. But here are three quick, con- three quick cons. <laughs> wow, goodness, I can't talk today. Three quick cons, what maybe people don't often think about live streaming. The first one is, is we are living in a production era, so people expect high production. People are on Instagram, they're on Facebook, they're on TikTok, and they see these churches that have thousands and thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of people produce this amazing production. In fact, the church worship service is no longer just we're going to stand up, sing, and have the pastor, but we're talking about multiple camera angles, and each one of those cameras Newsflash, probably minimum $10,000, if not more. So they have multiple cameras, amazing quality audio, and the production value is just so high, you can't touch it. Also, people are Instagramming, doing Instagram reels more than ever. TikTok reels are growing like crazy. So if you can't keep people's attention because the production is super, super low, you may do more harm than good. Another thing that people don't often think about live streaming is that the audio is actually one of the most important pieces to your live stream. In fact, I know quite a few pastors that chose to no longer live stream their services after mandatory shutdowns because their audio quality was just not at the level that they needed to, or they're finding that people would rather just not listen to the live stream or the recorded service because the audio just sounds 
awful. And on a side note, I actually have a friend of mine where she went to college to be to be a videographer and a marketer, and she is tremendous and amazing at what she does. And she told me that she actually lost at a film festival where even though their their cinematography and videography was actually better than the other team that, you know, I, I guess the other video that won, their quality of the video was better. However, the audio of the other team's uh, video was so much better than theirs that they got second place. And the reason why they said you had better video, but your audio was not as good. So what can we learn from that? Your audio on your live stream it actually matters. And then here's the last one, all right? And this is a question that you need to ask yourself is, do people actually watch and engage with your live stream? And honestly, the answer might be no, and you need to be honest with yourself about this question. And if the answer is no, maybe you need to rethink what you should be doing instead. And we're gonna talk about what you can do instead at the end of this episode after we go through how we can improve our live stream. So if you're thinking, you know what, we might be killing our live stream, stick with me till the end because I got some great nuggets for you. But if you decide that, you know what, Mark, you're you're saying to yourself, Mark, we're finding some great value from our live stream setup. It's, It's actually doing way better than we ever thought. We want to keep going with it, but we want some tips to make it better. Cool. I got the tips for you. So really quick, here are five tips that you can do to instantly improve your live stream. The first thing you can do is upgrade your lighting. Check this out. Expensive cameras need an amazing lighting setup, and you can make a really cheap camera the quality of it so much better if you simply improve the lighting because a bad camera with great lighting is better than a great camera with terrible lighting. Now, you might be asking yourself, okay, Mark, so how on earth do we upgrade our lighting? And this is one perk that we have as small churches is that we don't necessarily have these huge uh, huge sanctuaries, huge, huge worship centers. Now, I mean, you might have an old church with high ceilings and all these different things, but generally what I found that the smaller the church, the easier it actually is to upgrade your lighting system. Now, you might just be able to get away with putting in some track lighting into your church. In fact, we have a large church in our area that uses just simple track lighting. And then we also have a smaller church in our area. And I attended and was members of both of those when I was a kid and a teenager. And the smaller church only had like, I think, a I don't know, it was like a 10-foot ceiling, 12-foot ceiling. It wasn't really that that large, but they got away with, honestly, really cheap track lighting at this small church that they just went and bought at Lowe's, and it lights up the stage, and the stage looks amazing in person, and on live stream, it looks just as good. But if you have bad lighting, you can guarantee that your video is going to be grainy, it's going to be dark shadows, and people are less likely to engage with it because your lighting is poor. But if you're in a place where you're not necessarily at a, you know, either A, at a place to put in permanent lighting or the nature of your building just does not let you do that well, which is the problem that we have at our church, there still are solutions for you. And the easiest solution that a lot of churches do although it's a wrong solution, is to buy these really cheap RGB, and if you're going to buy them, make sure you get the W, RGBW DJ lights from Amazon just to light it up. And that's what our church does. And honestly, I, I, I've i never liked it. <laughs> I, I don't like it because it puts some weird colors on the stage for worship and our pastor. But we've done a lot of really, really hard work with both making sure the lights are okay for in-person and live stream. And we do some, some video coloring on our 
live stream computer to make sure that it looks good. But I'll put all these in the show notes, but you can actually buy these LED stage lights are 150 bucks a piece. It's not quite the best color temperature that I want. You want to try to get around that 4,000 K color light. So that way it's more natural. But again, I'll put these in the show notes, but you can get these lights that are 150 bucks a piece. They're 200 watts, which means they are stupid bright. They're a warm white color and they can instantly light up your stage a lot better with just having two of these suckers. If you can afford to buy what they call, um, I think they're called T-stands, if I remember right. DJ T-stand for RGB, RGBW, you know, DJ lights. You can attach these to those and instantly light up your stage, either from the back of the sanctuary or from the sides of the sanctuary. Or you can figure out what you can do with the nature of how your church building is set up. Because let's be honest, your church, it might be okay for you just to have literal light poles on the Um, like, you know, 20% in on each side shining at the sanctuary, which was my wife's former church. The way that their church plant was all set up, they had uh, six different light bars with lights on them to light up their stage. And it did not feel weird based on how that church was set up because they were in a gym. It's all about context. I'll put these lights specifically in the show notes because you just flip them on, you plug them into an outlet and you are good to go. So the first thing you got to do, and this is what you need to focus on, is upgrade your lighting because if you upgrade your lighting, a cheap camera will look better. The second one is you have to improve your sound, and you do this by getting your sound directly out of your soundboard and into your camera. And you might already be thinking, all right, Mark, we already did that, cool. But here's a question I have for you. If I go and listen to your church's sound mix and you're saying you're getting your audio straight out of your board, my question is, is how staticky, <laughs> how staticky or feedbacky is the sound in your live stream? Because if there is any static at all, or any sort of weird low hum buzz that's more, I would say, maybe the same volume as the speaker, people are not going to listen. It's just honestly going to be more annoying than helpful, and they're going to turn off. So first, you got to get rid of all the static. But if you haven't even done this yet, what you can do is take the sound straight out of your soundboard and get it right into either your camera, if you're using your phone or an iPad or something like that, or into your computer, And how you do that is you have to have something called an audio interface. So if you are using a, let's just do a analog soundboard, which is probably the most common soundboard that small churches use where it has all the dials and knobs and all the different things. You can actually set it up to work like a stage monitor where you are able to control how much of each channel goes into this auxiliary port. You take the auxiliary out and you plug it into a USB audio interface. And then from there, you're able to take that interface and USB it into your computer. If you're using a broadcast service, service like a a vmix if you're paying for it or obs which is a free open source platform or this is what people actually don't realize you can do you can do the same thing and send that usb audio interface into your phone now you have to have a certain type of usb audio interface and i'll put some links in the show notes so that way you can figure out what you need to do but if you're using an iphone and you need to charge your phone at the same time as you're getting audio in there they actually do sell a dongle that you're able to use in fact my church used this for a very long time when we had something called the mevo camera setup which honestly the camera was literally smokes and mirrors I would say 90% of the churches that bought it returned it. 
because of our sanctuary setup, we were able to use it and utilize it very, very, very well. However, if you need to get audio out of your soundboard into your phone, you have to get a USB audio interface that lets you go directly into your phone and there's um, something called the iRig Pre 2. I will put that link in the show notes. I used the iRig for many, many years. Cannot recommend it uh, any higher. Th- I mean, it's, it's 40 bucks. You know, it's it's an amazing little tool for that. The Shure MVI iOS slash USB audio interface is what our church uses right now because I wanted the ability where if I ever decided to record not in our sanctuary, but offsite in a different room, which we actually did, I can pop this directly into an iPad or a phone and record the audio right on my phone. And then we can have a separate camera set up and do what we need to do, or they just work together super, super well. So I will put links to both of those in the show notes. But in order to improve your live stream instantly, you have to get clear, crisp sound coming out of your soundboard and directly into your camera or your live stream software. The third tip that you can instantly make your live stream better is you got to get that camera closer to the pastor. If someone is watching online, yes, you can have it pulled far back so that way people can just see the worship service. So it's almost like they're peering into the like a window into it. But if you want to honestly create better engagement and also let people feel like they're more so in the room, you have to get that camera closer to the pastor. If you're using a camcorder and you're able to do digital zoom, just know the more you zoom, the worse the camera quality is actually gonna be, especially if your stage lights are just not bright. It's just gonna get worse the more you zoom up into it. So you gotta get that camera closer to the pastor. And you might be thinking, Mark, our church would not like a camera in the front row where our pastor is behaving the preach. People just aren't gonna like a camera in the front row. People in our church said the same thing, and within about two or three months of our camera being in the front row of our sanctuary, people stopped noticing, just being honest with you. And when people ask about it, we just went, oh, that's our camera. And people went, okay, cool. And they just moved on. So you got to get that camera closer to the pastor to help people engage with that live stream more. And so the the three tips so far is upgrade your lighting, get that sound directly out of your board and into your camera. The third one is to get, get the camera closer to the pastor. Fourth is if you are using a computer and you are taking your, your camera free feed and putting it into the computer, you have to have something called a video encoder because you cannot go from an HDMI out directly into a computer because of the type of signal that it is. So they sell really, really cheap video encoder coder sticks for literally 30 bucks, 35, $40 on Amazon. But I want to encourage you, if you're going to buy some sort of video encoder or a USB stick that converts HDMI into the H into the, into, I'm sorry, from HDMI into a, just like a USB port, don't settle for the $30 stick on Amazon. It's going to lower the quality. It's going to be grainy. It's going to be more choppy. And the quality of the video is not going to do great. So make sure you're dropping at least $100 to $200 on a good video encoder for your live stream if you're taking a camera directly into the computer. And the last one is to use an app or use a website like Restream.io to stream to both Facebook and YouTube for free. A lot of churches, when they live stream their services, they either put it directly on the website or they go directly to 
Facebook. Now, the problem with both of those options is let's say you decide to leave that website platform you're using, your videos are just gone. If you put it on Facebook, it just becomes part of your Facebook wall. But if you could also get it onto YouTube, it's there for you to put into playlists, to organize, to categorize, and for people to find it in a more systematized way. And before, oh man, goodness, I would even say just a handful of months ago, you had to always pay if you wanted to go to two different platforms. Our church, we paid a lot of money for the program that we use on the computer to push out the live stream so we can push it to three different locations if we wanted to. But there really was not a solution for OBS. Now, I, okay, I'm about as cheap as they come (laughs) when it comes to certain things. And so the other podcast that I do, Real Talk Christian Podcast, my co-host and I, Chris Fuller, we wanted to do some some live live podcasts where we can actually take questions and field questions, have conversations with people online. And I was trying to find the free way to do it, to go to two different places. And the answer was, there was no freeway. Some people are talking about take your camera and split into two different computers, have one computer talk to another computer. Basically, the solution was you have to have two computers in order to do it, or you just can't do it, or you got to pay these high monthly fees in order to do it. Well, recently, in fact, I just found this out today, Restream.io, that's the website, Restream.io, they now have a free version that lets you stream to two different places, which means Facebook or YouTube. And the cool thing is you can do this whether you're using just a phone to live stream or you're using whatever software you're using on a computer. If you want a free live stream software for your computer, use OBS, Open Broadcast Software. That's what I would say is the primary way that all, not not all, but a lot of people who are on Twitch and live stream for gaming and a lot of churches, they all use OBS. In fact, we actually use OBS on my other podcast, the Real Talk Christian podcast, rather than paying for a different program like a vMix. However, with a phone, you're able to go to Restream.io, get the link for the app that they use, sign up for the free version, live stream through the app instead of directly on Facebook, and that will push your live stream out to both Facebook and YouTube. And if you're using OBS, you just have to sign up for the account, make that is where your stream's going to go rather than going directly to Facebook or directly to YouTube, and boom, you have two different places where you are now live streaming your services. So those are the five quick tips. That's what I got is upgrade your lighting, make the sound good, get it right out of your board to get it into your camera or your your live stream software, whatever you're using. Get that camera closer to the pastor. Don't just rely on Zoom. Now, I will say this. If you're using a DSLR, like a Canon or a Sony or something like that, and you're able to do you know, actual optical Zoom where you're zooming in, but it's not digital, that's cool. That's fine. But if you're using just a camcorder or your phone, do not do digital Zoom. It will make the video terrible. So get that camera closer to the pastor. People, honestly, probably won't even notice. And if you're using a computer, don't just settle for the cheap HDMI to USB stick invest in something worthwhile. And no matter what you do, whether you're using a phone or you're using your computer, you can use Restream.io to stream to two different places for completely free. Now, I will at least say this, that when you do that that, that way, you're going to get the Restream.io watermark, Restream.io watermark. But honestly, it's free. Me personally, I don't care, and I don't think you'll care that much either. So if you are deciding to continue with the live stream, if you do these five things, you will instantly improve your live stream. 
Earlier, I mentioned that if you decided to not live stream your services, I got some nuggets for you still. So if you decide to not live stream your services and you, you know it worked for a time, but it's just not working anymore, and you might be thinking, okay, Mark, what can we do instead? Here's three things that you can do instead. In fact, I will say this. If you are live streaming your services, you can could and should be doing these three things as well. The first one, maybe not so much, but let's just get into it. So if you decide to not live stream your services, what can you do instead? The first one is to do a separate message specifically for your live stream audience. And here's why. It's gonna be better. <laughs> you literally can record your sermon on a Thursday or on a Wednesday or on a Friday, Saturday, whatever you wanna do. But if you record your sermon separately from what your actual church service is, when it's time to go, you can set up YouTube to actually post that sermon at the exact same time as your worship service, and you can actually do a scheduled premiere where it's kind of like a live stream where people can't rewind, they can't fast forward, it's just, it is what it is, and then when it's done, it stores it in YouTube. In Facebook, you can set it up where it's going to be a scheduled post. But here's the thing with that. If you decide to actually have a separate message specifically for your online audience that's different from, um, or not different per se, but it's not part of your actual works of service, either A, try to keep the message shorter because the shorter that is, the more likely people are to engage with it. Or if you're going to do your full 45-minute sermon, do your best to engage with that camera as if you are talking to an actual person in the room. And just like always, make sure the lighting's good, keep that camera close to you, and make sure the audio sounds good. And you might be thinking, okay, Mark, that's extra work. I got to preach the sermon again. Well, think about it this way. It's practice. <laughs> Just think about it that way. It's one more practice before you walk up onto the stage and deliver that message. But you will probably find that if you are intentional about having a separate sermon for people online, you might have better engagement with that. The second thing you can do, though, if you decide not to live stream, is to do something called video nuggets. I'm, I'm, I'm going to term it right now. Do some video nuggets throughout the week that is based off of the sermon that you wrote for Sunday. But here's the deal. Record a separate video for each main point or thought from the sermon. I know this takes more time. I know this takes more work. But think about it this way, all right? If you decide to not live stream your services, A, if you, well, I shouldn't say A. I don't know why I'm trying to go type A on you and always have these lists. I'm a Baptist pastor. That's probably why. But <laughs> but if you decide to do these nuggets, let's say you're doing a sermon from, let's, wow, I don't know why you do Matthew 1. I almost said Matthew 1 where you're doing the genealogies, but that'd be kind of rough. But let's say you're doing a, a passage on Sermon on the Mount, right? Okay, Matthew chapter 5, you're doing a few little verses in there. You might be doing just the first handful of verses, and each one of those verses represents a point, or you have a point talking about that. You can do a video nugget where you just read the passage and give one of your thoughts, which would be a main point. And if you make each one of those nuggets, you know, three to five minutes long, or even shorter if you want to, you can then use that as an invite to the actual service as well. Now, I would not say do this 
and you know, as looking towards the sermon that you're doing, I would say you do your Sunday morning sermon, and then throughout the next week, you drop these little video nuggets. Now, again, it takes more time, but this could be as simple as you have a little tripod for your phone, you press record. If, if you're doing Instagram or Facebook on just like the actual feed, vertical or horizontal works well. Vertical right now is just king when it comes to doing on Instagram and Facebook. People can watch that full size video as well. But just press record, make sure you're close enough and you can talk loud enough. Use some AirPods if you got those and just give little nuggets and sprinkle those throughout the week. Now, the third thing you can do if you decide not to live stream is not, I would say, standard operating procedures for a church, but I would say that you can recommend other church live streams that you approve of that people should watch when they cannot make it to your church. Rather than just spend lots of time, energy, money on trying to live stream your services, if you would just say, you know what, this is not something we can do well. We don't feel like that's a good service to you. We're going to record the audio. We'll post that online. We'll put it into the Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other places where you can find it. But if you can't join us for a Sunday morning because either you have COVID or you're sick or you're traveling or you're hurt or your kid's sick and you just can't make it, here are some other churches that we would recommend that you watch their church live stream because the quality and the production and honestly, the sermon is going to be just as good as if you just are here in person. And that way, now this is where it gets hard because a shut-in, I understand this part, a shut-in and someone who is choosing not to come out of fear of, of COVID or wanting to protect themselves or protect those around them, you know, there are some real case scenarios where someone is fighting cancer and they are trying to protect themselves. The scary part of that is, yeah, I mean, you might be ostracizing them from your church family and not being able to do that. So if that's the case, it might be worth just to set up a phone and either do it privately in a Facebook group or something like that where people can tune in if they're begging to be part of the church family. But if it's just a mom and dad and they're traveling and they can't make it and you want them to still grow in their faith and worship with with the church body, recommend another church that is doing live stream well. In fact, I've always told my teenagers this too, where when, when I was a youth pastor of there's so many pastors out there that you can find their sermons. Then to be honest with you, you might not know who they are, but just be honest with you, they're not going to teach you good things. So I recommend if you're going to watch someone, if you're going to follow someone on social media, here's like the five pastors that I think you would seriously love and grow from because they are phenomenal teachers. They're engaging on camera and they preach the true message that we are trying to communicate. So if you decide that you're no longer going to be doing church live stream services, there are still ways for you to get your sermon or I would say sermon nuggies to your church people. But if you do decide to keep live streaming your services and you want to make them better this year, don't just think we need a better camera. Don't just think, oh, we need a better computer to handle all of this. Now, whereas those, yes, you have to do those things if you want to take it to the next level. But right off the bat, even if you get a good computer and you get a good camera, if your lighting is terrible, if your audio is terrible, if your camera is way too far back from your pastor, if the video is choppy and you can't get the sermon message out there for everybody here, all of your efforts are going to be in 
vein. So I hope you take these five tips to heart. Let me know if they work for you. If you have any questions, seriously, just look at the show notes. Go to smallchurch.media. You can click um, podcast up at the top, click what episode you want to go to. I set it up more of a blog post style where you're able to see the show notes, but also see the links and the tips on all those various different things that you need to find. Or if your church needs help with repurposing your sermons to make your church sermon last the entire week, but you don't have the time to do that, feel free to reach out to me and we'll create, um, right now I honestly am working on what type of package and price point will work well for both churches. And let's be honest that, um, (laughs) that I can feed my family because I got seven kids and I like to eat. But at the end of the day, if you need help with repurposing your church sermon, feel free to reach out to me. If you need a new church website to help you be found on Google when people find you that they're ready, that you are honestly ready to be found, reach out to me as well. Just go to smallchurch.media, click get help at the top, and you'll find all the information that you need. But again, it was awesome hanging out with you guys. Again, if you're new, welcome. I hope to see you next week. If you've been hanging out with me for a while, do me a huge favor. Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or rating inside of Spotify. Reach out. I would love to get to know you and just meet you. But until next week, guys, take it easy. We'll see you later. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.